your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this Wednesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. We actually finally have news to get to, Penguin-related news, after, you know, about what? What has it been now? Basically a month and a half since, I think I think it's been a month and a half since they were bowed out to the New York Islanders. Before I do get to that, though, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this week. Um, I, I'm not sure what day yet, but I will tweet out when I am going to go live on the Green Room app to get in on the action. So Teddy Bluger, um, the Penguins' fourth-line center, has been re-signed to a two-year deal, $2.2 million per. I mean, my overall thoughts, I tweeted this on my personal account. I tweeted it on the podcast account. Um, this is a flat-out steal for the Penguins. I mean... He brings tremendous defensive value. He's one of the best penalty killers in the league. Yes, I know I've touched on this podcast numerous times that anyone can kill penalties, but I would say that Bluger is very elite at it. And, you know, it, and as Jesse Marshall says, it's a bargain for one of the better defensive forwards in the league. And, you know, two more years of Bluger on big defensive zone draws in big time situations. Uh, we'll see if Zach Aston Reese is next, unless he's taken by Seattle. But this was the first big order of business. For the Penguins this offseason was extending Teddy Bluger. They did that. And now, you know, as a lot of people have said, including myself, this raises some interesting questions and possibilities about the expansion draft, which I'm going to spend this first segment talking about. With the, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, the uneasy feeling about Evgeny Malkin going into next season within the organization, it sounds like. they. I don't know if they know when he's going to be available. It sounds like he's going to miss part of training camp. Um, due to that injury, he may miss a little bit of the season. Um, it looks like they are going to protect Teddy Bluger in the expansion draft, which is what I have wanted from them ever since I started talking about this after the season. I think it makes more sense to protect Bluger over Carter, but at this point, with how they're probably feeling about Malkin, I think they might load up and protect all four of their centers, including Jeff Carter, in the expansion draft, just to basically have you know a little bit of insurance Going into the season, unless Evgeny Malkin is not ready. My current thinking right now on what the organization is feeling, I think they're going to do Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust, Jake Gensel, Teddy Bluger, Jeff Carter, and Jared McCann. I think that's what they're going to do. I mean, at least by looking at this contract, I don't think they would have signed Teddy Bluger before the expansion draft if they were not keen on protecting him. I think I'm going to die on that hill too. You know, if they didn't want to protect him, I think they would have just left him as an RFA, and I think they would have just let Seattle take him um, if he were left unprotected, and they, they can sign him and do a two or three year deal, or however much else they want to sign him for. But the fact that Pittsburgh went out, got him done a few days before the list is due, at two years, two point two million per. That says to me, and I think a lot of other people, that they are going to protect Teddy Bluger in the expansion draft. And I think that is okay. I've been saying this for the last four to five to six weeks. This is the right play. I would honestly, if I, if, I, if it were me, I would protect Bluger over Carter and I would protect Kapanen and I would risk exposing Carter even though there is the thought out there and the very real possibility that Seattle could take him 
um, and then potentially trade him at the deadline for 50% salary, and then the other team gets $1.3 million. Yes, I understand that could very well happen, but I still would not expect Seattle to take him when he has one more year left on his contract when they could, could just take someone like Jason Zucker, who I think might not produce him next year. They could take a defenseman. They could take Zach Gaston-Reese, who's a lot younger and who's really good defensively. I just wouldn't see it. But, you know, I don't think that's how the Penguins are thinking going into this, especially with the situation with Gina. But I also will say this. I've been seeing a lot of this today. I think the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette was talking about this. I've seen a lot of people in my mentions talking about this. If you are a person that would protect Brandon Tanev over Jared McCann, um, I think you need to see yourself out, go drink a couple Red Bulls, I don't know, you know, that's just, it's insanity, I think, to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Brandon Tanev, great hair, really good defensively, good player in the locker room, I guess, you know, was better um, offensively this year than he was last year, but he was also, he also, he's also signed for four more years at three and a half million per. Jared McCann is better offensively, is also pretty decent defensively, defensively excuse me, and he's only signed for one more year at $2.9 million. Which player are you protecting there? I mean, if it's not Jared McCann, then I don't really know what the hell we're doing here. I mean, he's just, he's younger, he's cheaper, and he's better. Case closed. That's it. Thank you for listening to this segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I, I, I'm i just, the, the, the fan narrative about Brandon Tanev and protecting him and all these fourth liners over Jared McCann, it's just, it's really weird. I mean, I've even seen people saying they would protect Zach Aston Reese um, over Jared McCann, which is just, uh, again, I, I really don't understand it at this point. Um, but I, I do think, everyone, that there is a very legit possibility that it's going to be Sid, Gino, Gensel, Russ, McCann, Carter Bluger. And, and I have no problem with that. I mean, Jason um, said it best as well, who I've shouted out um, numerous times on the podcast, especially when talking about Kasperi Kaplan. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. You know, he even said, you protect this group easily and forget about the four liners and the one-dimensional wingers with middling analytics. And I, I might get some heat for this. This might be a bit of a hot take, but I don't think losing Kapanen would be as big of a deal as some people would make it out to be. And I'm going to tell you why. Obviously, you know, he's on a good contract for next year. He's only making $3.3 million. I think he's an RFA after this contract. Yes, he had 30 points in 40 games. But if you dig deeper and don't just use the eye test, his underlying numbers were not that good this year. And it is prone to regress. And don't get me wrong, everyone. I love Kapanen. I thought he had a good year. He fit the team really well after coming over. Excuse me. Made me definitely eat a whole bunch of crow. But one... I wouldn't want to be giving him his next contract, and I think you can definitely replace him via a trade or free agency, you know, cough, cough, Thomas Tatar, or <clears throat> somehow Blake Coleman, and then you can get just as good value with that player as you did with Kapanen. Because if you look at Evolving Wild, which please subscribe to their website, the twins there are so good at what they do with the underlying numbers. Um, if you look at his actual goals for per 60, yes, it's about around 2.5, but for expected goals for per 60, it's below zero. His uh, core C4 per 60, right around minus one. Expected goals against per 60, close to minus one. Uh, chances against per 60, you know, down near the bottom. And then if you look for the power play, Actual goals four per sixty below zero. Expected goals four per sixty um, below zero as well. So if that 
actual goals for per 60 of around 2.25 to 2.5 goes down next year, um, look for his his numbers to overall drop. I mean, he will not put up over a half a point per game with this team um, if you see all of that regression next year. I just wanted to throw, throw that out there to you all right now. I get it. Exposing Kapanen is definitely not something that I was thinking about um, just probably about four to five weeks ago, but with how Pittsburgh seems to be concerned about this genome injury, it makes sense that he might be exposed due to them protecting Bluger and Carter. And again, I can't see them not protecting Jared McCann. It would be foolish if they didn't because Seattle would take him in an instant in the expansion draft. But but if you do protect him and you protect the four centers plus your top two wingers, you can assure yourselves of losing probably one of Kapanen or Zucker. I think if both of them are there, you're probably going to lose Kapanen. I do not think Ron Francis would take Jason Zucker over Kapanen. I get it. He's only signed for one for this last year at $3.3 million, But if Seattle is not good by the playoffs, I think he can just flip Kapanen at the deadline. And then, you know, what's half of 3.3? I think it's like more... Um, 1.65 or something like that. That's a good bargain deal for whoever gets him. And they'll get a player who is a good goal scorer, but a player who may not uh, put up the same numbers that he did this season uh, going into next season. But those are just my main thoughts on the whole expansion expansion situation. Now that Teddy Bluger has resigned, what are your thoughts on it? Tweet me at Hunter Hodes. Tweet the show at LO underscore Penguins. Um, the lists, I believe, are due... If I recall correctly, I believe they are due July 17th. I think they're made available to everyone either this Saturday or this Sunday. Or it might be Monday, but in the next three to five days, I believe the lists are going to be made available league-wide. So we will see very soon who the Penguins protect. I'm sure Hextall is not 100% sold on what he's doing yet. You know, he still has a couple more days, but no, he's got to... Be thinking definitely I think Teddy Bluger will be on that list. But before you do get to the next segment, it's time to talk about Green Room. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations around the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Penguins podcast throughout our Green Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'm not sure what day I'm going to do yet. Maybe tomorrow night um, around 8, 9 o'clock. Go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Hunter Hodes to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning again to be live hopefully tomorrow night around 8.30 or 9 o'clock, and I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Penguins. Um, we still cannot forget about... Built Bar, did you know that Built Bar has many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone when you talk to a Built Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know them, well, of course you are missing out. German chocolate cookies and cream, orange st strawberry salted caramel. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. 17 grams a protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. But okay, we are back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, while recording this, there's just huge news that breaks. I'm not Penguins related, but it looks like 
Uh, Shea Weber, his career has been threatened by a lingering foot and ankle problems, and they are not going to, the Canadians that is, they are not going to be protecting him in the expansion draft. Due to that injury, it might keep him out the entire season. Um, so that means it looks like they'll just put him on LTIR. Seattle will not take him. And that allows Montreal to protect Jeff Petrie, Ben Sherratt, and Joel Edmondson. Don't really know why they would protect Ben Sherratt. But this is this is pretty bad, sad for Shea Weber. Um, I'm reading the Elliot Friedman story um, right now. Apparently, he just uh, obviously he was in tears after the Canadians lost in five games because we have no idea if he's ever going to get back to there. Um, but apparently he missed two weeks with an injury there in February 2020, returned much sooner than expected. Uh, in 2018, he had surgery to repair tendons in the area. There has been a, to- a worry for some time this problem would become too much to handle. I'm um, just looking to see this here. Um, going to multiple sources, they are doing their due diligence on the captain's medical situation and the future. So this injury could potentially... Uh, threaten his career and, and you know that just sucks because I thought Weber enjoyed a really good playoffs he's definitely not what he used to be I mean he wasn't you know that, that top five defenseman that we saw in Nashville you know it, towards you know when he got to Montreal you know maybe he was still top 10 top 15 but he's definitely fallen off a bit but he was still good for them this season and it was pretty funny when we all dumped on that deal at the time in 2016 because he was starting to fall off a bit um, P.K. Subban was really starting to get into his prime. What a 180 it's been since that trade because Subban really fell off, but then Weber has kind of continued to play the same, if not better. So he's looked better from those last five years than Subban has ever since that trade. But that uh, absolutely sucks. That really puts a dent into Montreal's playoff hopes for next season. And again, you know, we're going to continue to see news like this and a whole bunch of other stuff leading up to the expansion draft. I mean, obviously this is not the type of news that you want to see because Weber is a really good player and he's their best defenseman, I think, on the team. But now, you know, it, it definitely does uh, open up some interesting possibilities for the Canadians. And obviously, I don't think Bergevin is going to sit around and do nothing. I definitely think he will bring in a defenseman if Weber has to miss all of next season, if not more. Again, they can just put him on LTIR, um, and that will be that. But, you know, really hoping for a speedy recovery from Weber because I really thought he enjoyed a, a good season with the Canadians and was their best defenseman in the playoffs. I thought he outplayed Petrie by a country mile, I think, in my opinion. But also, you know, I, I just realized this as well after reading this again. Um, if he does have to retire from this, uh, there could be some really big cap recapture penalties because he has five more years left, $7.85 million per. Remember, um, they had that big offer sheet deal, heavily front-loaded. Elliot says there's $12 million of cash remaining. Nashville matched that. Uh, they would have a cap recapture penalty of slightly more than 4.9 million per season through 25 2025-2026 20, if Weber retires. I mean, good Christ. I mean, again, hopefully this is not like a Marion Hose situation where he has to retire a lot earlier than he thought he would, but Nashville would be pretty screwed here if this does happen with Weber because it would have to be almost 5 million on their cap for the next 5 years. Um, if Weber does decide to retire during this offseason or uh, potentially during the season. But that was the big breaking news that just happened now. Otherwise, there really wasn't much else that happened around the league today. Just, you know, a whole bunch of rumors. Though I will say, um, Evolving Hockey, uh, they projected three years at $3 million. 
uh, for Teddy Bluger, but at a two-year term, they projected $2.2 million per. So they absolutely nailed that, but they also, in their mock Seattle expansion draft, they have the Kraken taking Mike Matheson. So they can eat, uh, nail that. I was telling King Clarkey uh, in my DMs, I will eat a hat, and I also keep telling everyone that Austin Matthews is going to be on Team Canada as I messed that up really badly um, all those months ago. I, I will always remember just screwing that up so freaking bad. And Pierre Lebrun also reports, he says he's been chatting with a lot of front offices around the league the last couple days. And one word to sum up what the Kraken are still asking for is payment inside deals to navigate the expansion draft. Exorbent. So um, it, it definitely, it seems like it's maybe not going to be as easy as it was um, in 2017, 2018, where, you know, you, you see a lot of trades for just, you know, David Clarkson, Clarkson, excuse me, with that dumping that contract and a whole bunch of others. I still think you will see some trades with the Kraken so that they won't protect this asset, but I don't think it's going to be as much as it was um during the last time with the Vegas Golden Knights. But again, you know, we're only a few days away from the list being out. This is going to be crazy. There's one official week until the live expansion draft on TV, on ESPN, where the rights officially shift there. I can't wait to watch it. Um, coming up in the next segment, got a couple more things I want to talk about with you all. But before we do that, it is time to talk about our favorite betting site. And of course, that is betonline.ag. Baseball season is in full suite. You can track all the action at BetOnline. It's the fastest and easiest way to, to bet on all your sports action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or phone and check out all the great supporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website, your user phone, to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, King Clarkey actually gave me a pretty good topic uh, for this um, this last segment, of course, of the show. And that's because um, there's so many uh, big-time free agents available. You know, let's look at one who's a bit older um, but could potentially not be in Anaheim next season, and that is um, Ryan Getzloff, who has, of course, you know, he spent his entire career there. Um, definitely uh, getting close to 40, I think, at this point. I'm trying to remember how old he is. Um, he, he's 36. He'll be 37 uh, towards the late stages of, ne- of next season. Uh, this year only had five goals, 17 points in the 48 games. Last season, uh, 13 goals, 42 points in 69 games. Uh, season before that, 48 points, 67 games. So he's usually been about a half a point per game player, even though he's gotten to be 33 to 34. But this year it was just completely different, you know, 17 points in the 48 games. But when you dig deeper and look at his underlying numbers, um, was on the ice for almost 52%. Of the shot attempts, I know the actual goals for and goals against are ugly. Twenty-two goals for, thirty-three goals against. Um, that's just also because the Ducks were really freaking bad this year. But his expected goals was right around fifty percent. You know, close to it. That's not terrible. Usually, um, it's around fifty-one up to words of fifty-four to fifty-five percent. Um, he actually though was a net positive in scoring chances at five v five. Two ninety-four scoring chances for, two hundred seventy-three scoring chances against, and five v five just barely lost the battle, one hundred nine to one nineteen for chances for. Just last season, he was on the ice for two hundred high danger chances for, and one eighty-six against at fifty-two percent. Um, but for actual high danger goals for, he was on the on the ice for fifty forty-one point one percent of those. So this is a player that I still think he has a little bit of gas. 
um, in the tank, but this I think will be a contract probably maybe around a one-year, one to two million dollar deal. I think that will be it. I think it does make sense in a way for Pittsburgh to bring him in. I know it would kind of be like um, I think the it was just basically the, the equivalent of the Capitals. Uh, signings in Dano Chara, but also Chara is a lot older, and I think at this point he's a lot worse than Getzloff is. But you could just plug Getzloff in anywhere in the lineup, um, probably not in the top six. Yeah, I, it would probably have to be a bottom six role, I would think. Put him on the third or fourth line, preferably at wing, I think, especially if Pittsburgh has all four of their centers next season all healthy in Crosby, Malkin, Bluger, and Carter. I don't think there's any room uh, for Getzloff to play center. I think you're just going to have to put him on the wing. Um, but it makes a lot of sense, especially because I'm sure Getzloff wants to chase a cup one more time. Um, he does have that one championship from 2007, but uh, ever since then has not made a Stanley Cup final. He's come close a few times, though, with the Ducks. Um, I think they were within one game of beating the Chicago Blackhawks. I think that was 2014, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was 2015. I, I, can't, I think it was 2015, if I'm not mistaken. And then just a couple years later, I think against the Predators, they were uh, within two games of getting back to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2007. He knows... His, um, time is of the essence for him with his career. Why not go to Pittsburgh and chase a Stanley Cup with Crosby and Malkin as, you know, the window is also closing here for this core to win a Stanley Cup. Ultimately, I think he probably goes back to Anaheim and just does all these one-year deals similar to how some other players have done it over the years. But um, if he were to go to open market and he had a list of teams that included the Penguins that he wanted to go to... Um, I think if I were Ron Hextall, I would consider signing him for a cheap one-year deal, one to two million per. And if it doesn't work out, um, you just let him walk to market next year. And I think that's that on that. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'll be definitely curious to see if he does go to market or if he signs with Anaheim um, prior uh, to these next couple weeks. Because remember, two excuse me, two weeks from today, um, free agency officially opens, and we will get all the silly season off-season contracts that we have been waiting for. I just, I cannot wait to see what happens in, in these next one to two weeks. I mean, this is going to be the busiest time of the NHL off-season and keep it right here on Locked on Penguins. I'll have everything Penguins-related news for you. So happy we finally actually got some news today and we finally had something else to talk about because it had been getting pretty barren in terms of news, but I'm sure it's only going to continue uh, to come up in these next one to two weeks. Again, hoping to have Josh Yoey back on um, potentially tomorrow or Friday. We'll see how he's recovering from uh, busting up his ankle a little bit. But I appreciate all of you listening to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow.